This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're breaking through the bottlenecks in episode number 150. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, mamas. It is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And I'm very excited to be here with you on podcast episode number 150. It's kind of crazy to think that I've gotten here at last after taking a while with some breaks because of various issues going on in our family. It feels really good to be back to podcasting and especially really good to hit a milestone like episode number 150. I feel like this is an appropriate episode for the topic that I want to talk about today, which is about using bottlenecks to create the home that you want. Now, you may not have any idea what that means right now, but I think that you're going to have a good idea and that you're going to be inspired by the end of this episode. Bottlenecks were the number one tip I had over the summer. It is key to everything else. And I may have heard of this concept before, but having it explained to me in the way that it was explained to me really clicked and it made a huge difference for me and for my family. So the the course that I went through that introduced this concept to me, and he actually called them constraints. And he may have used the term bottleneck, but constraints was the term that he used. But bottlenecks is the term that really resonated with me. So that's what I'm using. But Fred Librand used the term constraints in his course called the 30-Minute Homeschool. And if you're a homeschooling parent or you're an aspiring homeschooling parent, I highly recommend his course. So that's Fred Librand, 30-Minute Homeschool. I can definitely put a link to that in the show notes. But again, Fred calls them constraints. um, And it's a homeschool course. But even if you are not homeschooling, This concept will change your life. And if you are homeschooling, it will change your homeschool. So let me tell you about bottlenecks or constraints. Those are the problems that you're having in your home or in your family right now. So when you look at your life, if you were to take out a sheet of paper, which you could do that right now, Take out a sheet of paper and take a minute to list the things that are a problem in your home and in your family. So when I watched Fred's course, I wrote things down like, we're not on the schedule. We're not eating very well. Mealtimes feel chaotic. Kids aren't doing their chores. And I'm not being consistent in checking chores. So it was things like that. And I just listed out everything that I could think of. That And I was looking particularly at things for the family. And then after that, I, I came up with a second list that was like my personal bottlenecks or constraints. So things like I'm having trouble getting up in the morning. I feel tired a lot. Those were the sorts of things that I listed because these are things that are bottlenecks or constraints. And when you do this, this isn't really a blame thing. This is just more of a kind of a 10,000, even 30,000 foot view where you're stepping back and you're looking at it and you're saying, what are the things in our family that don't work very well? One of the things that we were having trouble with when I wrote the list was bedtime for the younger kids. We're having a lot of trouble getting them to go to bed when they were supposed to go to bed and stay in bed, which 
isn't something that I had so much of a problem with with my older kids when they were young. And I think it's just because things were crazy and then the sheer number of kids and stuff and we had gotten out of having a good bedtime routine. So that was one of the things that I wrote down. So those are just examples and I would encourage you actually to take that sheet of paper out, pause the episode and write those things down for you so that as you listen to the rest of the episode, you have those things in mind. And it's going to be unique for each person because you're unique and your family's unique and you have different issues. But there are some things that may be universal like problems around mealtime, bedtimes, scheduling, uh, behavior issues with your kids, um, your own attitude, feeling grumpy, that sort of thing, not feeling like you have enough time for you. So those are just some universals that come to mind when I think about moms and what we often face. So take a minute and think those things through and then listen to the rest of this episode. Okay, welcome back. So now you've got this list. You know what your constraints are. You know what your bottlenecks are. What you're going to do is remember that slow and steady is going to win this race. And this was a piece of advice that Fred had in the course that really helped me. It was you're only going to work on one of these things at a time. It's not something that you're going to do all at once. You cannot fix all of these problems at one time. You can't even sit down and really objectively evaluate all of them at one time. It's just too much. And if you do, it could be discouraging. But tackling them one by one can be really doable. And for me, remember I told you that I had a list that was that was more household and a list that was more personal and uh, personal and relationship. So I do kind of work on things from both lists at a time. Like there's something that I'm working on, we're working on as a family. And then there's something that I'll be personally working on. And I'll give some examples in a minute. But... But really, you're only, you know, you're not trying to tackle. Like, I would not take three things from the family list at a time. So slow and steady wins the race. And sometimes it's really slow. Okay, sometimes it's really slow. Like, you'll remember a few podcast episodes ago, I talked about our dinner challenge. That was one of our bottlenecks, was that dinners weren't really going well for our family. And when I picked that off the list is okay, this is the bottleneck we'll tackle next. I realized, whoa, this is actually huge and multifaceted. And so it took a long time. We stayed on that bottleneck for a while on my little list of ways that we're going to improve because there were so many different things. There was the actual food that we were eating. There was the picky eaters. There was the manners. There was the conversation. There was the the interaction between people at the table. All these different things that had to be worked on. There was even getting the food on the table in an organized way in the way that I wanted. Like I like our dinners to feel a little more special. So there needs to be a tablecloth on the table and silverware and we light a candle and we have water and there's a water pitcher and a milk pitcher and it feels a little, it's not formal. Like if you saw my table, I often have a tablecloth that looks like a picnic tablecloth on it. I mean, it's fabric, but it's got the checks on it, right? So I'm not saying that it looks like we're dining at a fancy restaurant, but that slight level of formality and ritual to setting the table and what should be on the table symbolizes to the family, whoa, we're going to pause, we're going to sit down, and we're going to eat together. So anyways, that was an aspect of the bottleneck. So that bottleneck took a long time before I felt like, okay, 
this one's sort of in maintenance mode, so we're ready to move on to the next one. And some of them will go faster, but some of them will go slower. So what I want you to do with your list next is I want you to take that list and I want you to look at it and ask yourself what's important to me and especially what will make the most difference for my family the fastest. Especially if you're in a place where you've been in a crisis mode or you feel like you've never been out of a crisis mode because it happens, ladies, no shame. When you feel like, um, you know, when you feel like those are issues that you're facing, then it can be really overwhelming. Life can be overwhelming on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's why I say look at that and ask yourself what will make the biggest difference. So when I first sat down and did this, what I said would make the most difference for my family the fastest is getting the entire family back on a regular schedule. And I shared in, in the last podcast, and I've shared before, the book Managers of Their Homes. Um, that book has just been priceless for me. And, and that's what I've used for our schedules over the years. It's a Christian book, um, but I think the foundation of it is really priceless. So, you know, I would encourage anybody who needs to figure out how to organize her schedule and a household and especially children's schedules along with her schedule and her household and everything she needs to do. It's a great book by Terry Maxwell. Uh, but so I went back to managers of their homes and I set out a schedule and Indeed, working on getting my kids used to living on a schedule again made a big difference. And I feel like it made a big difference in multiple ways. Number one, our mornings went a lot smoother. Number two, more of what I felt was meaningful and important to our family actually happened because there was room for it and it was scheduled. Um, and three, I feel like it's actually enhanced my children's free play because they have a free play block but it's not an all-day willy-nilly, and there's also time scheduled for things like tidying up the house and doing laundry, and sometimes those things go smoother than other days. Let's be real, but at least there's a time on there, and also if things get way off track because we've had a rough day or I'm exhausted or whatever and just, you know, things things just fall behind, I know that, that there's a scheduled time for things that we'll be able to catch up and we'll be able to make up for it. Like right now, we're adjusting to my um, to my oldest son being in a vocational program and that's really um, kind of thrown a wrench more than I was anticipating thrown a bit of a wrench into things I've had to reshuffle because I thought that I was going to have transportation for him in the mornings and I didn't end up having it so I've got to get him to the bus um, so that that kind of threw a wrench in the schedule and so we're having to reorient and readjust and 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 like today we didn't get to something that was supposed to happen uh, on the schedule after getting him to the bus. And I just give myself grace because I know that number one, part of what was missed was read aloud and we can probably do that tonight. And number two, I give myself grace because that read aloud period is going to come the other four days of this week and we can probably get in the history reader that we didn't get read aloud today. So that's what I'm saying. When I looked at the schedule and I said, getting my family back onto a schedule is going to make a big difference right away. So that was what I started with, with number one. For my family, I think our number two was bedtime. Um, 
And our number three was chores, I think, getting back to the chore system. And ironically, right now I'm shuffling chores because I lost a kid to college and I've got a kid who's gone for part of the day when he was normally home. So anyways, again, it's it's a constant shuffle. There's always shuffling in life. But when you have a foundation in place, you can adapt and you can come back and rework the system. So it's systems. And even if you're a homemaker or homeschooling mother or work at home mom or whatever, you want to have systems. And so that might be a good way to look at your list when you're looking at your bottleneck. Ask what systems are going to make the biggest difference the fastest or what can I what can I put in place that has a system? So for you, your biggest bottleneck might be laundry isn't getting done or dishes aren't getting washed. And so you ask yourself, what's the system that can help? And I have clearly I have wild children running by the window here. If y'all can hear them, these little wild children enjoying their free play block. But anyways, um, so you might say something like, what is a system that I can use to get my house on track? And there's so many. What I use personally and have used for years and really love is Motivated Moms. Uh, I just love her checklists. And Fly Lady is another that a lot of people like. So those are things that come to mind very quickly. But this is, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what you use. It's that When you look at your bottleneck, there's probably a system that you can take and drop into your life and adapt to your life. One of the beautiful things about the internet, and even before the internet, one of the beautiful things about mothers and women and books and websites, and I would encourage you look at, you know, look at some books too as as you're looking for resources. Um, YouTube videos can also be helpful. I'll admit it. I found YouTube videos to be to be helpful for some things. But when you're looking for systems to help you run your life, um, investing in a book or course or something may be helpful for you. But find systems that you can that can help you work out that bottleneck. And so, you know, and if it takes you some time, like with the chores, I had to make sure that everybody's chores, I knew what everybody's chores were and that I was checking their chores. So I had to make sure there were more components than that to that than just, oh, I'm going to give the kids chores and check them. I have a bunch of kids, so I had to know who had what chores. I had to have a way to keep track of them and check them. And for that, I used an app where I, I have their chores. The app that I use, in case you all want to know, is gosh, home routines. And it lets you just set up recurring checklists of lots of different things. I use it for my own, um, some of my own checklists as well. But I have, I have three checklists that I created, kid morning, kid afternoon, kid evening. And it has my kids, um, it has my kids chores. So I have them listed by kids. So like my oldest is Asher. So it's A, put PJs away, A, make bed, A, tidy bedroom. So I know that those are his chores. And then for my second B and G and H and so forth. So anyways, that, you know, it took, it took time and work to, to say, okay, these are the chores. So they have their chores assigned. And then I have to have a way to keep track of them. And then of course you have to make sure that they know how to do them because, you know, my 17 year old and my 15 year old and even my almost 12 year old should know how to do most chores at this point. But I need to make sure that they know and that they understand my expectations. And with younger kids, I might have to do them with them for a while, which is one of the reasons why summer can be a nice time 
to work on big changes. But if you're, you know, if you're listening to this when it comes out or in the future and it's the beginning of the school year or whatever, you know, just look at what you can do um, and, and do it gradually because it's better to work on something than to just let things go. Um, bedtime is something that you can work on year round. And I took some time to really think about what's not working with bedtime. What do I want bedtime to feel like? What atmosphere do I want us to have? And how can I make sure that that happens? How can I create a bedtime routine? Um, what time do I want them to go to bed? What all needs to be done leading up to that? And how do I make that happen? And sometimes it, it, it involves something creative. The bedtime is a good example for our family because one of the things that I realized is I want us to have a long period for a family dinner but I don't want the time between that dinner and bed to feel harried and so I did something that I read about that the French do which is they have the kids ready for bed before dinner and then they eat dinner and then they're ready to have their story and basically be popped right into bed which is definitely something that is not typical in most American families but I really liked that idea. And so having something to cover their jammies or whatever, and then just being able to wash faces and hands after the meal, cuddle up on the couch, read alouds, say prayers, off to bed. Actually, mine go off to listen to an audiobook, And then the older ones can read a little bit and then off to bed. And when I say older ones, this isn't like my younger kids, like elementary school and down. My teens do something different. But anyways, so we're, you know, we're looking at... Um, sometimes creative solutions and sometimes things work for a while but they need to be maintained so you may realize like I've realized that we've kind of slacked off on that bedtime and so I've re-looked at our entire evening routine and said okay you know where did we get away from what was working really well this summer so your bottlenecks are things that you have to maintain but once you get something in place you can really work at it and I've given you a bunch of examples so I hope that helps you look at it um but tackling only one thing at a time will really help you to say and to give and not to have expectations of yourself. So if it takes you a month or six weeks to get family meals in place, some of them you may want to work like the bedtime. Like I think I took a, maybe a few days to sit down and really think about that and write some things out, jot some things down and say this is how I want to do it and then talk with the kids about it and then boom, it's like we are implementing this. And so that didn't take a lot of time whereas working on our meal times took a lot of time. Um, really, because I'd done schedules so many times before, it didn't take a lot of time to implement that initially but it is taking some maintenance time as we figure out like what what does our what do our days this year actually look like with the you know the situation that we have with with kiddos who are leaving the nest and who are preparing to leave the nest and so are not at home as much so those are things that you may you, you know you may have to maintain but on the whole slow and steady will work and some of the things you may need to do legwork leading up to them like if you want to work on parenting skills and changing things like implementing family meetings or other systems like that you may go through a course or something first before you even get there and so I think it's okay for you to take some time and say okay I'm working on this bottleneck like I'm working on bedtime but at the same time I'm reading about something else that's on my mind for the future 
but really try and only implement, like do the major implementation of one at a time. And occasionally just take a period to look back and assess. Again, in Fred Libran's 30-minute homeschool course, he recommends six-week increments. So when you're working on changes in your homeschool or in your life, in your routine, in your schedule, working with bottlenecks, at that six-week point, stop and look back. So maybe over the past six weeks, we worked on meals and we worked on bedtime. What's working and what's not. Then six weeks later, maybe you've worked on some other things. You've implemented family meetings and you're taking a walk once a week as a family. Or you're being more intentional about your family's weekends together, something like that. But then you're also looking back and saying, okay, how have mealtimes been going? How has bedtime been going? How are chores going? That kind of thing. So you're assessing, you've built in periods of time where you're assessing and saying, this is what's working, this is what's not. And it may be that you need to come back. So life, life flows. We have crises come up. We have traumas come up in life. We have good things come up that end up derailing us. I don't know, maybe, you know, you get a publisher's clearinghouse check or you win the bid on a new house or your husband gets a promotion at work and things just shift and change. And so part of bottlenecks is learning that even as you work on things and improve things, things don't stay static. So you may need to reevaluate or you may need to go back or a new bottleneck may arise. So it's this is kind of a continuous thing. It's a personal development thing. It's like what I talked about on the podcast before. It's, you know, journey before destination. We're on a journey We'll thank Brandon Sanderson again for that quote. But we're on, you know, we're on a journey and we're never going to arrive, which to me, as I realize, sometimes it feels discouraging. But at the same time, for me, it feels exciting. Like I go back to, I think I told y'all about my librarians laughing at me because I check books out on all these different topics and I'll get like 10 or 20 books on the same topic that I'm interested in. But for me, those times are the times that remind me the most that even if I haven't arrived and even if my family is not that picture perfect Pinterest or Instagram family, um, there's still so much to learn and that makes life exciting every day. And one of the things that I think is so powerful about bottlenecks is that instead of staying, you know, mired down in this quagmire of, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so in over my head, you list out all of those issues and then you just start working on them one at a time. And as you start creating systems and things in your life, you're able to come out of that place of overwhelm and get to the place where you're excited to realize that even though this is challenging now, I'm doing a good job with this. I'm working on this and this is exciting because there's always so much to learn and there's always growth and there's always change. And there's times that can be really difficult. One of my teenagers is difficult it's hard. Um, I will be happy when this season is over. But at the same time, I realize how much I'm growing through it because I'm willing to say, this is an issue that we're having. And I want to grow because I want to help this young person become the best person they can be. And I have to grow to do that. And so it's just, it's part of that adventure of life and knowing that it's, that it's this growth. Um, and one thing that I do want to encourage you before we finish this episode up is going back to that list of personal bottlenecks. Please don't beat yourself up. 
please be honest with yourself and ask yourself what you need. Like one of my things was energy and I decided to do some work just on um, helping my adrenals and that sort of thing. And it really did make a difference for me. Uh, and so that was helpful, but you never want to beat yourself up. And in fact, I would encourage you that if one of the things that you don't have is a little bit of time to yourself every day, that's the first personal bottleneck I would work on. And it could go hand in hand with something like a schedule. Like for me, getting my kids back to where either they had outside play or I know that winter's coming, they probably won't spend the number of hours outside that they do in the afternoons right now. So a good routine of them knowing we're going to take a quiet time in the afternoon where we're in this place that mom told us to be. And if we aren't napping, that's okay. But we've got to be reading or drawing or something like that. Because mom's going to sit in the recliner and in, in the master bedroom and she's going to read or do whatever it is that she does for that 30 minutes. And we're not going to bother her. So that was, that was something teaching my kids, and even Phoenix, you know, that's his nap time. So he's napping on his little cot in the laundry room because there are other kids in all the other rooms of the house. Um, but he's nice and cozy. It's a warm room. It's a comfortable room. Sometimes it has white noise built in for him. Um, so he's on his little kitty camper cot having his nap or reading a book. He usually still naps. Uh, and that's, you know, that's time for me. And it's time that... I might read something personal development because for me that's rejuvenating and refreshing. I'm not much of a fiction reader, so I don't often read fiction, but I might read a little bit of a Brandon Sanderson book if Scott and I are reading that together. Um, but usually I am reading or I take some time to pray or open my Bible or whatever it is. So whatever that looks like for you, my friend always encourages me like get a cup of tea and I'm not really necessarily a hot drink drinker. So I usually forget that. But the time is, you know, the time is restorative to me. And so if you can have that 30 minutes in the afternoon with your cup of tea, if you're a tea drinker, um, and your book or listening to a little bit of music or maybe just closing your eyes or looking out of a window or maybe for you it's taking a walk that's one of the things I try and do a couple walks daily when I'm being good and one of them my children are invited on and one of them I kind of like to um, you know not have kids on so this you know these can be little times and they don't have to be a lot of time that you work into your day to give yourself a little bit of time, a little bit of rejuvenation, a little bit of renewal. I used that time for me. Um, I think I mentioned it was, maybe it was in the vision episode where I talked about power sheets. I used that 30 minutes to work on going through all my power sheets prep work, like 20 minutes at a time uh, over several days, maybe even a few weeks, because it took a while. But that was time for me to really look at and nurture and think. And sometimes I'll do this work on bottlenecks or things in my, you know, for my own self during this time. Again, uh, just, just taking and making the time for, for some of my own personal development and some of my own downtime and time for me to mull over and contemplate things like vision and intentionality or some days just to close my eyes and be grateful for a moment and not really do anything. So I would encourage you to build the, that time in to dream or to relax, that margin just to let your mind be still and focus on God or whatever it is that resonates with you. Um, so that's a good thing to put in there because that helps charge your batteries so that you can be ready to do all these other things and look at all these other 
bottlenecks that are in your life. And remember, one at a time, and slow and steady wins the race. You will be amazed at the changes that come in your life if you do this. With that, um, I'm going to finish up for today. I hope it has been inspiring to you and also that you've gotten something actionable that you can take out of it. If you want to get more information about the latest podcast episodes, the latest blog posts, anything like that, please feel free to head over to TrustBirth101.com. That's TrustBirth101.com. Sign up for the mailing list. And you will get the newsletter, get little bits and blurbs from me, information about the latest podcasts and blog blogcasts, blog posts, and everything else that you need to know. With that, I hope that you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com visit www.birthbabylife.com